Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here on this beautiful day that God has made. Um, a couple of things before we get to all the fun stuff. I'm going to turn it over to Sheila for some announcements. Hold on, we couldn't hear you. Okay, let's try this again. Everybody should have received a goodie bag this morning. We're doing something different starting today, uh, trying to save some money on paper and ink. You should have a newsletter in here that we're going to print every other month and your bulletin and a hymnal. Please keep the hymnal until we get back in church. Our emails have been hacked, so you're not receiving emails probably from the church. No group emails going out yet, I don't believe. Uh, we're working on that. Sunday school starts today, and after Sunday school, we will have ice cream again available from the kitchen door here. Ice cream social, I have a few signs available. Please see me after worship if you'd like to put a sign up in your yard. Also, I'm taking um, volunteers to help with the ice cream social the 22nd, not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Uh, and I guess that's it for now. Any other announcements? Going once, twice, sold. Am I on? Oh, yes, I'm on now. Okay. Please join me for our call to worship. God meets us in our greatest need. And satisfies us with divine presence. And provision. In gratitude, let us worship the Lord our God. Please join us on page 694, Come Ye Thankful People, Come, for our first hymn.
would join together with me in our opening prayer. Life-changing God, you have touched us and transformed us to reach out to all who hunger for what only you can give. Keep our feet in your paths and bless us to multiply blessings to others through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and Lord. Amen. And we will continue with hymn number 400 in your hymnals, Come Thou Font of Every Blessing.
join together with me in our prayer of illumination. All-knowing God, you have satisfied our hunger at sunset and held us close through nights of wrestling. Now let the day break with your blessing. Awaken and illumine us by your word that we may behold your likeness. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Genesis 32, verses 22 through 31. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the faithful hands of Christ, our little is multiplied to feed many. Come now, let us offer our loaves and fishes to the all-sufficient one who said, bring them here to me. We will now collect our offering.
with a shout of acclamation and lead me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow with humble adoration and then proclaim my God how great thou art then All right, if you would please join me in singing our doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye. Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. We thank you, our Father, that you have empowered us to participate in the miraculous multiplying ministry of your Son. Receive now these gifts you have provided us out of your abundance that your miracle ministry may multiply to satisfy the hungry of this world today. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we are doing our noisy change collection. We've got a couple of little ones running around with stuff. So if you've got some change to add to the buckets, please do so at this time.
need bigger buckets. And this is Awesome. Thank you guys so much. That money that we're collecting with the Noisy Coin Collection helps go towards paying our ministry shares, also known as apportionments. So thank you all for your generosity towards that. Um, I'd like to invite you now to an attitude in time of prayer. Um, and before I do that... If you look in your bulletin, we have some prayer concerns. Um, again, lifting up Abigail, Luann's granddaughter, who is uh, going through a difficult time, and we're praying for her and her whole family. Uh, Todd Morgan, thankfully, is no longer in danger, but he is still looking at about two more months of healing. Um, so we're keeping him in our prayers. Uh, Nancy Martin, as we have mentioned before, her cancer has returned, and she will not be seeking treatment. Um, she is feeling okay at the moment. Um, no visitors, though, please, um, but cards and prayers are welcome. I'm sure phone calls as well. Uh, we are still keeping Jody Williams and her family in our prayers of mourning um, for the passing of Al. Um, Bob Gieske's sister Carol passed away on Monday, so also prayers for that family who is in mourning. Uh, Chloe Quig, Diana's granddaughter, is undergoing tests for a medical issue. We're again asking for prayers there. Uh, Sue Reese's friend Beth Hall, an elementary teacher at Clinton Elementary, has taken leave of absence from teaching uh, in her fight against cancer, so we're asking for prayers for her and her family and her students. Um, Alice Wimple's daughter, Krista, is asking for prayers for a friend, uh, Dee Dee, who has a tumor on her brain and her lungs. Uh, so we're asking for prayers for comfort and her family as well as uh, the doctor are praying for the doctors who are working with her. Um, we are, of course, keeping uh, all the people on the West Coast who have been uh, in the midst of all the fires in our prayers. Um, we're going to continue to pray for our teachers, our parents, our kids, our staff uh, during this uh, challenging year of school. I also have uh, prayers for Leticia Waltz, uh, daughter-in-law of Roger and Linda Waltz. Um, she has a blood clot in her lung. She is in the ICU. Um, we are continuing to pray for Alan, uh, Louise's son. He has been fighting a bad infection in his kidney and gallbladder, um, but he is now home, but he still has some recovery to do. Uh, prayers for Ginny Marsh. Uh, her daughter died from a blood clot in her leg. Um, she was 61. Uh, prayers for Kathy and Larry Sanford. Larry had a stroke last weekend. And prayers for Kara Mayfield. She is uh, having some surgery on Wednesday. Uh, one of uh, the, uh, it's Alice's best friend, her daughter. Um, so if you would please keep all of them in your prayers in addition to all the other uh, people we are lifting up this morning. If you would join me now in an attitude of prayer. Holy God, you have heard the names that we have lifted this morning in our prayers to you. 
for those who are sick, fighting illness, injury, disease, whatever it may be, physical, emotional, or mental, God, we lift them to you and ask for your prayers of healing and comfort. We also ask that you would continue to guide the hands and the efforts of all of those who are working to help them heal, all of our doctors and nurses and surgeons and lab technicians, research scientists, all of those people who are working so diligently to help heal your creation. We ask for your healing touch, your comforting presence, and your continued diligence of your love and mercy on them. We also lift up today all of those who work so hard to help keep us safe in our world. We lift up all of those who served in our who serve in our armed forces and military, those who serve as firefighters and police officers, our first responders and EMTs and so many others. God, we ask that you would guide them in their actions, keep them safe from danger. And for those who are far away from home, we pray that they may be able to come home soon and we could begin to see an end to conflict in our world. We also lift you, our nation, and all the nations of the world, praying for peace and unity. God, we ask that you would not only touch the hearts and minds of the leaders of the nations, but also of all the population, that we might find ways to continue to come together for the betterment of all humanity, not just a select few, that we could be reflections of your love and grace in the world. All of these things, as well as those we keep quietly upon our own hearts and minds, we lift to you this day in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is now time for our youth moment. Um, I would like to invite all of our youth and children to come on over and hang out with me for a few minutes. Um, don't forget, we are all children of God, so you are all welcome to come forward. We have a lot of room up here. Um, but if you want one of the suckers at the end, you definitely have to come forward. That's the rule. on me. <laughs> You're fine, don't worry. How's everybody doing this morning? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? There we go. All right, so today is a very special day because you guys get to start Sunday school. Yeah. But before you guys go do that, I want to tell you something and I need your help with something, but I want to tell you something first. So later, while you guys are in Sunday school, I'm going to be talking to the adults 
about grace. Do you guys know what grace is? No, not grapes. Grace. <laughs> AJ, go ahead. That's okay. Grace is another word we use for God's love. And part of that was when God sent Jesus down to save the world. And God offers that grace to everybody. Everybody has access to that grace. But we have to accept it. We can't just like sit around and twiddle our thumbs. We got to say, yes, God, I want your grace. I believe in you and I believe in your son. Okay? And what that grace does, that grace is part of what saves us. So grace is really important, but grace is also something that we can show other people. Keep it on right now. Keep it on. We can show grace to other people by showing them love and compassion and mercy. And so when I've talked to you guys in the weeks before about being nice to people and helping people, that is help showing them grace. All right? Does that all make sense, kind of, sort of? Okay. All right. I have a very important job for you guys. So every week we do the Lord's Prayer. But I've noticed that I think the adults are forgetting the words. So I need you guys to help me lead the congregation in the Lord's Prayer. Do you think you can do that? Yeah? Okay. Are you ready? All right. Let's do, uh, let's, should we do a repeat after me maybe? Let's do a repeat after me, okay? So I'll say it and then you repeat it. Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. <laughs> but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the glory forever amen you guys did an awesome job thank you so much and i believe miss sheila has suckers for you so come on over here and see miss sheila That's right. You got to wait till after Sunday school to eat it. Okay. And for our Sunday school, uh, Miss Kelly is taking her group that way, and Miss Linda's over there with her group.
All right, I apologize for my brain taking a few moments there with the prayer. It, when you're used to just saying it and you have to pause, it throws you off. Anyway, back to what we were doing. Let us confess our sins in the presence of the one who blesses us and meets our need. If you would please join me in our prayer of confession. God of compassion, we are sick. We have wrestled all night with worry instead of resting in you. We have asserted our own goodness instead of awakening to yours. We have turned away those hungry for your help instead of trusting you and feeding them from your limitless supply of blessings. Forgive us, heal us, and help us to hold on to you. We call upon you, for you will answer us, O God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please take a few moments now for silent prayer and confession. Beloved children of God, the God of steadfast love is our refuge and savior. In Christ, we who are broken are healed, forgiven, filled, and transformed. Alleluia. Praise be to God. Amen. If you would join me now in our affirmation of faith, which uh, is on page 880 in your hymnals, as well as I think still in the bulletin. Yeah. Um, we're using the Nicene Creed for our affirmation of faith this morning. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy, universal, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. See, I can say apostolic when it's in there. Our second reading this morning is Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21. 
feeding the 5,000. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their, their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, you Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. And we will continue with probably my absolute favorite hymn, number 451, Be Thou My Vision. Our third scripture reading for this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it by the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred, according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, comes the Messiah, 
who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If you'd please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Glorious God, your generosity floods the world with goodness, and you shower creation with abundance. Awaken in us a hunger for food to satisfy both body and heart, that in the miracle of being fed, we may be empowered to feed the hungry in Jesus' name. Now may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today we are again continuing with our sermon series, Broken, Good News for Tough Times. Throughout this series, we're focusing on Paul's letter to the Romans, the church in Rome, specifically looking at chapters 8 through 11. These words were a letter that Paul was writing to a group of people that he had actually never met. But Paul knew the challenges that Christians of this period in history were facing, a world that was continuing to change and become more diverse. And so he was writing to this church, these people, because he wanted to help build up their faith community to remind them of the hope we have in Christ. Now in our reading from Romans for today, we find Paul wrestling with the rejection of Jesus by the Jews. And as one reads this section, you might feel like there's something of an insider conversation that Paul is having. And this insider conversation, if you will, is precisely why context absolutely matters in our exegetical work when we are studying scripture in the teaching and the preaching that we do. Just before this passage, Paul has assured the Christians in Rome that there is absolutely nothing that can separate them from the love of God. And that, that love of God, and that we can never be separated from it, that is the meaning of grace. Grace with the power to transform lives and communities. Grace with the power to repair what is broken within us and between us. God has a plan for humanity that includes redemption. And that plan includes God taking on flesh to secure that redemption. But not just any flesh, mind you but specifically Jewish flesh, the flesh of the chosen people, the people of the promise that we read about in Scripture. And yet, Paul here is arguing here that those very people of the promise have in fact rejected the means of grace, the incarnate word of God, by whom and through whom it's God's intent to redeem Can the connection to God in Christ be fortified by willful rejection, though? That is something that Paul must absolutely address, and he does, in fact, address it. This passage is not about a moment in life when doubt appears for us, but rather this passage is about the relationship God has with the people that God chose. This passage is about God's faithfulness to God's word and promise. 
And the move that Paul makes here is very much um, evangelistic. You see, by to be chosen by God is not an act of biology. Rather, it is an act of faith. And by that, I mean God's faithfulness and our faith in the one who chooses us. For Paul, he illustrates God's choice in this way. Isaac, not Ishmael, the firstborn, as per the tradition of that time, but Isaac is the child of promise. Similarly, in the next generation after Isaac, God chooses the younger son, Jacob, rather than his older brother, Esau, the firstborn, through whom to bless the nations. This is what I mean by the claim that God's choice or election supersedes biology. God's choice to bless God's people is not thwarted by the rejection of Christ by those who are biologically Jewish. It is God's choice, not Israel's biological heritage, that is what enables God's plan of salvation for the people of God everywhere. In an increasingly interreligious culture like ours, where we tend to see difference and fragmentation more so than unity and wholeness, this is truly a hopeful message. But can we imagine God's choice extending beyond our own imagination? For beyond Jews to Gentiles, sure, we can probably imagine that. But what about beyond Jews and Christians to, let's say, Muslims? Or even beyond Muslims to those outside of the Abrahamic traditions, those whose faith traditions come out of the history of Abraham? Is God, who can do so much more than we can ask or even possibly imagine and comprehend, is God able to be God for so many disenfranchised people who claim none when asked about what faith they hold or follow. I'd like you all to take a few moments now and consider two questions that I'm going to pose to you. Who are the people in our community who need to know that biology does not legislate for God's choice? And who are the people in our community who need to know that God's faithfulness and intent to redeem God's people knows no bounds? You see, we have to recognize that what makes a people for God is God's desire to have a people. We are not God's people because we made that decision. The only reason that there are God's people is because God chose to have a people. God wanted a people. There, there's a church in Manhattan called Middle Collegiate Church. And there, on pretty much any given Sunday, you will find there a Muslim gentleman named Muhammad who will be in worship, both the morning and the evening services. You will also find there a Jewish therapist named Susan. 
And at Middle Collegiate Church, on the first Sundays of the month, like so many other churches, they celebrate the Eucharist, or what we would call Holy Communion or the Great Thanksgiving. And in the very same vein, with words that mirror the ones that I use when I preside over the feast here with all of you, they say at that church, all is prepared. You are welcome just as you are to fellowship with the risen Christ. And when those words are spoken, you will again find both Muhammad and Susan among the hundreds of people who make their way down that center aisle to the table of grace, a grace that would bind together all our human distinctions would declare broken. Can you imagine that here in Clinton at our United Methodist Church? Now, I'm not saying that I can't. I'm legitimately asking you to consider this question because in my short time with you here, I can't imagine that. I feel that every time that we have been here, whether for worship or other events, you have all been warm and welcoming to every friend and stranger, regardless of any category we might try and shove them into. But I want you to think about this question for yourself. You can't just rely on everything that I might say. I want you to think about our church here. Could we openly welcome a Jewish person or a Muslim person to, to come and join us in worship on a Sunday here in our parking lot? Or let's take it a step further. Do you think we would openly welcome a Jewish or Muslim person to come and share in the great Thanksgiving with us? Again, I believe we would. I believe each and every one of you would welcome either of those people, or again, anyone, with a warm smile, and if this wasn't a pandemic, a hug or a handshake. I'm asking you, though, this question for you to consider in your hearts how open you think our church is. I am not making a judgment. I am, this is nothing negative. This is asking you just to consider in your own heart and mind how you see our church, okay? It is important for us to remember that God's grace is an all-inclusive grace. That is why I'm asking you to think about that question. God's grace knows no bounds. God's grace is freely available to every person in creation. As I told the kids, it is on us to accept that grace and become, become active in moving through the means of grace, but it is openly available for everyone. It is offered to all of creation, and at least in my mind, it is very clearly spelled out to that effect when we look at the third gospel of John. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God so loved the world. There's no except fors or just this little group or just this section of the world the world. And God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world, not to judge it, but that the world could be saved through him. Friends, 
God's grace is the greatest gift and one of the most just mind-boggling things in the sense that it is given to us freely. We are offered mercy and salvation. And I thank you as your pastor for the openness and the warmth that you show not only each other or me and my family, but anyone who crosses through those doors, drives through that parking lot, and comes and joins us or hangs out at the farmer's market when we had the car show, all those different things. When you help create that space for community, whether it be our faith community or the greater community of this area, you are reflecting God's grace to those people. And I see the love and passion and compassion in each and every one of you, and I thank you for that. And I ask that you continue to live into that, because as we continue to be open and welcoming to whoever may come to us, that is how God reaches through to people, through us, through the Holy Spirit working in us and working in them. And I think about the fact that every week we have seen this amazing group of cars and, and it keeps growing every week. And yeah, that inflates my ego a little bit as the pastor because that means there's more of you coming. But it also means that we're reaching people and we're telling them about God's love and grace and salvation. And that is what we are called to do to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So please carry that with you in your hearts. Continue to do the good work that you do and be the loving Christians that you are. Amen. If you would continue with me in our last hymn number, 664, sent forth by God's blessing.
Beloved children of God, Christ himself, who holds you in his hands, has blessed you, broken you, and given you as his gift to the world. May the grace of Christ be multiplied to you and through you now and forevermore. Touched, changed, called, and empowered, go now in the power and provision of Christ to heal the sick, feed the hungry, and serve the world. Go now in peace. Amen.